I'm Paul Swinfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's all about marketing. And you know what? It might be harder than you think. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to another episode of Tech Interviews. Uh, on this week's show, it's another in our series looking at what the future might hold for organisations as we start to come through the other side of the COVID-19 pandemic um, and the way it's changed a lot of the ways that, that we operate day to day as enterprises um, and, and a lot of the things that we've been used to doing and, and how they might need to change. And so this week's show is has actually come about from somebody contacted me. Uh, you know, I always mention that at the end of the show, if you've got an idea for a show. So, so this week's guest actually does have an idea for a show um, and it's a little bit of a departure from some of the things we normally talk about on tech interviews because uh, this week we're going to have much more of a focus on how you build a marketing campaign how you sell and market what you do as an organization to your potential customer base and looking at some new ways that technology is helping us to be way more effective than some of the traditional methods that we have done to do that um, so to help me to do that I'm joined by uh, this week's guest uh, Vlad Edelman Vlad how are you doing how, how are you I'm great I'm great thanks for having me no, real pleasure. Thanks for joining us on Tech Interviews this week. So, um, well, as I always do, before we uh, jump into our topic, why don't you give us a, a little bit about who you are and a little bit on your background? Sure. Um, so, as you said, my name is uh, Vlad, as I used to say, as in Dracula, um, Edelman, and uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Targetable, which is the world's first uh, virtual ad agency. And I'll tell you a little more about that, I guess, um, further on down the road. But um, how I got to to that position was really kind of a, a very winding, um, long and winding road um, from beginning and essentially and being born in the Ukraine to immigrating to New York with my family of musician, uh, mom and dad and, and family and um, being the black sheep who now is in business. It's actually quite um, novel to me. Started as a journalist uh, writing about technology in the Web 1.0 uh, age and wound up uh, doing quite a bit in media and marketing over the course of my career, including uh, running CBS.com, launching ESPN's mobility business. Um, essentially, I was their wireless employee number one and built out that business um, from ground up, including launching a phone. Um, and uh, by the way, launching a phone six months before the iPhone, which which was uh, quite a uh, task. And then... Uh, yeah, timing's to- everything, as they say. Oh my gosh, yeah. We had to wonder why Steve Jobs was so, so against us launching a phone he was on the board at that point. Um, <laughs> and uh, so uh, moved over to yeah, timing is everything and understanding agendas is, goes right hand in hand. Um, and then moved over to the dark side, as I called it, uh, to the marketing and ad side and kind of got tired of hearing, let's find an advertiser to pay for that cool idea on the media side, decided just to go to the source um, and wound up uh, again doing a couple of uh, interesting things, running a couple of agencies, um, including... Uh, uh, agency called Ansible, which I founded for um, Interpublic Group, and was uh, you know CEO for for a few years, and helped grow in the in the mobility space again. Kind of one of the first big mobile agencies did something similar for WPP called uh, Icon, and ultimately wound up um, over on the West Coast in San Diego, running a, a company called BuzzTime as uh, or product for it as chief product officer. And eventually building one of the first restaurant um, ordering tablets in the industry, um, having been involved in retail now for for 10 years. And throughout my career, what has really driven my uh, passion and kind of really always engaged me was, you know, finding that intersection between, you know, consumer 
technology and the passion that will help that technology get the adoption that it needs to be able to be or become a part of everyday life. And whether that's on the media side or whether that's on the big advertiser side or whether that's on the retail technology side, which is where um, Targetable plays now, um, that's always driven me to kind of do the next thing and, and build the next business or company. So, so I think, um, you know, and it's a broad and fascinating background. We we spoke a little bit before we started recording, and um, obviously there's a there's a whole lot more you you could have gone into um, that, that we don't have time for on this show. Um, but I think it's it's taking it to quite an interesting place. And, and I'm sure there's people who perhaps listen to the introduction, and you know, and I mentioned we we're going to talk about marketing and advertising, and and they'd be thinking, well, you know, I'm an enterprise IT professional. Why on earth would I be interested in that kind of stuff? And, and actually, for me, that the the idea that for the modern IT professional inside of any enterprise is it's about enablement. You know, you, you're always looking at how can I utilize technology to allow my company to do things better. Um, and that's why I thought that this conversation might be a really interesting one. And I say a little bit of a departure from the kind of stuff we'd normally talk about. Um, but we kind of before we delve into how technology is changing the way that this kind of places, you know, the, the, the way that people are looking at marketing and advertising now. Yeah, well, what's maybe maybe set some context text for people you know what, what's kind of what the, the the experience you currently have you know what are you seeing from organizations today as they look at how they might traditionally use technology um for for raising awareness around their organization whatever that organization does so it's that's a really fascinating question because it kind of goes into the broader question of you know marketing's a a, a weird uh career it's a weird word it means so many different things it's so unbelievably broad yet also incredibly vague right and so you know as opposed to like a, a brain surgeon or a bus driver or you know a, a host of other um careers um i don't know why i decided that bus drivers were specialists but um let's let's take the doctor example um everybody thinks they can do your job if you're in marketing Right. Because there's, it's very rarely that I've run into somebody who's like, oh, yeah, no, that looks extremely difficult. And there's no way that I would be able to do that like they would with a neurosurgeon or somebody like that. And not that marketing yeah, is not surgery. Do, do people often say to you, marketing, well, that's not brain surgery, is it? Exactly. Yeah. And in fact, <laughs> for the most part, and a lot of our customers have spent years doing it themselves under the false assumption that, um, you know, it's pretty easy. You just kind of pick it up and you talk about your brand and you talk about your service, especially in retail, where you've got a lot of self-starting entrepreneurs who have built really successful businesses. Um, you know, they think that they can essentially do anything. But the problem is that marketing hasn't gotten easier. It's only gotten much, much harder um, from, from multiple perspectives, from the perspective of the consumer and the fragmentation of the attention span and bandwidth and everything from how, you know, how inundated they've gotten the, the change has been absolutely exponential and it's also been multidimensional, right? So you used to only have kind of broadcast TV and newspapers and radio, and now you've got everything, right? And it's coming at you from every different kind of appliance and utility you can possibly imagine. And so what's happened is as, as, as at the same time as it's widened and at the same time as it's become more and more complicated, the amount of people involved in it and the amount of people who think they can do it and the access to the tools and the platforms that allow you to essentially kind of self-start your marketing has also geometrically increased. And so what's happened is a mind-boggling amount of absolutely horrible marketing is out there. Um, but the marketing that is successful, the marketing that is becoming more and more the standard 
is the marketing that is self-contextually aware, right? It's the marketing, and I'm not talking about the huge brand building of Apple and, you know, the big, the big uh, Nike and the big, um, you know, lifestyle brands. We're talking tens and hundreds of millions of dollars on, on big commercials. I'm really talking about the transactional marketing, the machinery of marketing that runs every single day that sells you everything from tacos to shoes to gloves to lettuce. That's the marketing that actually that I'm focused on and, and that fascinates me. And also that's the marketing that most people really engage with every day, right? Because you may not engage with big brand marketing, but you engage with marketing every single day, whether you're deciding where to eat, whether you're deciding, you know, which gas to put in your car, whether you're deciding, you know, what kind of pants you're going to buy, right? That's the marketing that drives transactions. And that's the marketing that is not only um, incredibly uh, powerful, if you nail it, um, it's also very difficult to do well consistently with the proper frequency um, and with the proper targeting. And the, the real answer there is, A, it's about the data, which is obviously, you know, the, the, the calling card of, of many industries over the last couple of years. But with, with this kind of marketing, it's really about the data. Because the only way that you can possibly know your own context, if you're the marketing, let's think of it kind of as its own, as its own thing, um, is if you know what the data is that helps define your context. And what I mean by that is, you know, a, a advertisement that is aimed at selling you a hamburger doesn't really care, you know, who you are as a person. They don't care about your personal identity. They don't really care about your phone number or any of the other things that have always been the classic things to try to acquire. The only thing that really matters is, are you hungry and are you close? And, you know, that's a very different way of thinking about marketing and, and, and how to actually do it well and what parts matter. And it's a difficult leap to make, I think, for a lot of companies. Yeah, and I think I mean, there's so, I mean, so many interesting things. I've, I've made a whole bunch of notes actually, just while while you were talking there. You know, there's there's so many interesting things in in what you said, and and it's interesting, isn't it, that technology that technology be more readily available. You know, this idea people talk don't they about the consumerization of technology mm-hmm. is that, and it was a really interesting thing that you said at the beginning that actually everybody thinks that people can do marketing. You know, it's you know, no nobody thinks everybody can be a doctor, but everybody thinks, well, it's just selling stuff, isn't it? How hard can that be? It's just raising my I just gotta awareness tell of about myself. Yeah, it's like I yeah, exactly. buy a couple of ads and make sure they know that my food's great. Okay, we'll do yeah. everybody else. Well, and again, I mean, you made an interesting definition as well between this idea of brand awareness and targeted, kind of more targeted selling, if you like, you know, and I think that's an interesting difference, isn't it? You know, if you're Apple, Coca-Cola, you're always doing this kind of thing about raising the brand. I mean, people people appreciate what you do already and know where to find you, but I suppose you're just trying to keep kind of front of people's minds. But actually, for most of us, our marketing isn't about that. Our marketing is about, I have some things I'm really good at. I'd exactly. like you to buy them. And I'm trying to identify kind of who that person is who who has a buying requirement. Um, and, and, you know, and you talked about kind of the use of data. And I think that's something we're, we're really going to dig into because you you said something, and I, I won't steal the thunder of the phrase you used, but I thought it was a really good one. You know, you talked about something around kind of the amount of data people have and and whether that's a good or a bad thing. But but before we talk about that, I just, just kind of want to clarify one thing. You talked about this kind of um, self-contextually aware kind of idea. What, what do you mean by that? So, and the phrase that I use that that um, 
uh, I just used to kind of define that marketing is really transactional, right? To me, it's really about the transaction, whatever that transaction is, whether it's an exchange of knowledge or whether it's, uh, it's a monetary exchange for a product. You know, to me, the big, the two big divides are, you know, brand and transactional. And by the way, I mean, the dirty secret, and I ran two ad agencies, brand is uh, very questionable how much of the gazillions of dollars that are spent on brand every day, especially on extraordinarily well-developed mature brands like an Apple or somebody like that, how much of that money is actually worth the spending um, is, is very, very open to debate. Um, so, you know, the, to answer your question though, what, what I mean about, uh, as far as contextually aware, um, it's, it's, it's talking about essentially what knowledge, and I use that term with quotation marks because it's, it's going to get complicated in this conversation, but what knowledge does a marketer need? And I define marketer very loosely because the marketer could be a person, a media buyer or a planner at an agency, but the marketer could also be something automated, some some process, some software like us, like Targetable. And so when I talk about, you know, what knowledge or data does a marketer need to be relevant to the context in which a consumer is engaging with that thing that's being marketed, let's put, let's call it. And so if you're trying to sell a hamburger, I was trying to probably unsuccessfully use the use the example of if you're trying to sell a hamburger, there's a whole host of data that you have access to that doesn't matter, right? It, it's, it's, it's data that is meaningless to the transaction of selling a hamburger or the transaction of selling a car, right? And so what I care about when, when I sell a car is how many other cars have you owned? What kinds of cars have you owned? Who else is in your family? Who's going to be driving this car? Are you scared, <laughs> you know, over the experience? Have you had a bad experience before? Are you close enough for a test drive? And so all of the, that data is extremely relevant to the transaction. But a host of other data that you typically get and people get excited about, such as what's your phone number and how many mobile games do you play and do you love to surf? You know, people will usually look at data like that and say, oh, look at that. That's so interesting. That's fascinating. Interesting isn't valuable. Interesting is just interesting. And figuring out what data makes a transaction contextually relevant for the customer that you're trying to reach, that's the ballgame. Because that's becoming harder and harder. And that's the problem and the challenge, which is the amount of data is increasing at such a volume and it, and it's such an exponential speed that a lot of human beings are actually really struggling to figure out how, how to actually interpret it and what, what of that data matters and what doesn't, which is why. So, well, I think you, um, well, I think you make, make again, really good point there. And, and it was kind of, my, kind of the next thing I had in mind, mind to ask you was that, you know, it, it sounds as though the amount of data that we're, we're gathering and the systems that we're using traditionally are full of information that is interesting, but not necessarily valuable. And I mean, is that, is that the main problem that you see with kind of current approaches to this? You know, the, the, the way you said something to me before we started recording around uh, about CRM, um, you know, it, but, 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 but is that kind of the, the challenge that you're seeing that actually organizations are, are you know, and, and maybe particularly now, you know, over these kind of last few months and as people start to look forward, 
Mm. Other big challenges that people are coming across is that they, they don't, that, you know, the data and the technology they have is actually not really that fit for purpose when it comes to finding somebody who wants to do a transaction with them. Um, that's part of it. What I will say is I think that the the problem and it and I'm and I you know use that again, I use that term loosely because problem can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But I think for the sake of this discussion, I think the problem is 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 twofold. One is it's hard to identify which data matters. Um, it's hard to set up the process to answer that question. So so first, it's hard to, First, there's customers who don't acknowledge the fact that they don't know what data actually impacts. Let's start there, right? And then the second step is, okay, well, if you do acknowledge it, then how are we going to get to that data that actually matters? How do we test? How do we, how do we create a process that is rigorous enough where the data at the end will give you confidence that that is the data? And it's not just um, you know, by, by way of the fact that it's too little or you didn't look at it long enough that it's actually um, not the right data. It just looks like the right data. And then the biggest problem, I'll tell you, of, of what we've seen in the, in the um, execution part of it is when you do figure it out, when you do find the right message and the right ad and the right um, medium and the right uh, uh, cu customer to target, nobody, and I, I will say this with with a hundred percent confidence. Nobody spends enough money and does it long enough. The free, the biggest problem is always, especially with local transactional marketing, is frequency and spend. You've got you've got companies who have figured it out even, and they'll get to an ad and and they'll run it once, or they'll run it three or four times, you know, a week. And the problem is, and that's a bad example because the problem is that. It's not about finding the one message and, uh, you know, one time and then sitting down and being like, "Ooh, that was really hard, guys. That, ooh, that took us a long time. I'm glad we found the solution. Well, let's all go get a cup of coffee. That's not that's not the reality today. The reality today is you have to do it over and over and over and over again because the data that's relevant every day changes. It changes when it rains versus when it's when it's not raining. It 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 changes when there's a, a traffic uh, issue in front of your uh, uh, store or something like that. It changes because consumers change and because your message could be different and 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 be relevant to different people on a on a given day. And that's the big difference between retail and physical world marketing, by the way, and purely digital marketing. The reason we started Targetable is because. There was a huge opportunity in the fact that all these digital tools that are out there, even the Google, uh, you know, ad platform for for Google AdSense and and uh, and Maps and and Facebook's uh, ad platform manager, not only are they horribly complex and they still haven't advanced to a usable state in, in fifteen years, but you know they 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 don't allow the the customer to actually learn how to do this better. And they don't take into account Eloqua, Blue Kai, all these guys. They don't take into account the physicality of real space because weather doesn't matter to, to digital uh, sellers. Traffic doesn't matter. Demographics, they matter, but not too much, not in terms of their, their um, you know, uh, uh, regional uh, specifications. Is there a school around the corner? Is there a military base? Is there a church? You know, those are the things that give context. 
Yeah, and that, that's a it's a fascinating differentiation as well because I think it's very easy and, and we see this in the technology world all the time. I think it's very easy that we look at an Amazon or we look at a Google and we all decide exactly. that the way that we should try and deliver technology or or raise awareness for our business should be that model. But actually, that model is so very different for those organisations that, that it really doesn't have a, a a grounding in reality for most of the businesses. That certainly, I, I think everybody will be listening to this show that, that those kind of businesses that we operate in. And so, so when, when uh, 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 go ahead, sorry. yeah, go on. I just want to make one quick point, which is one of my one of my un, like absolute pet peeves is this um, in, incredibly lazy shortcut um, language that people use for um, and not you, by the way. I'm just saying, like uh, analysts and stuff like that who use uh, Amazon as kind of the the big bad wolf of the retail industry, and it's putting all these physical stores out of business. Blah blah blah. Um, it's utter bullshit. I mean, the reality is. First of all, there's plenty of retail that's putting itself out of business. That's a different that's a different uh, business running issue. But the reality is, um, there's there's plenty of um, uh, business out there, right? I mean, people forget 87 percent of all you know uh, of all transactional real. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, commerce <laughs> it still takes place in the physical world, right? I mean, if you if you read uh, an analyst report or if you read articles about this, you would think that Amazon is already owning 80 percent of the entire you know, uh, commerce pie worldwide, but they don't. Um, and, and the problem is when you compare a physical business to, to an Amazon or a digital business, you miss everything because what you miss is the, not just the downsides of having physical space, but you miss the upsides. And so what you've seen, and I've seen this a lot, I'm sure you have too, which is retail businesses and physical world businesses chasing digital KPIs and chasing digital best practices in a blind way where they don't really understand, hey, that's not the best model because I have 45,000 physical stores out here and 100,000 people working for me. And by the way, as much as that could be a downside, it's also a huge advantage to my operating model because I can do things that nobody else can who's purely digital. Well, well I, I suppose that, that that leads on to kind of the, the reason I, I thought it would be an interesting conversation for us to have. And, and I think I've been proved right uh, very much so far. Um, so, so when I kind of looked at what you guys did as a, as a business, you know, what really struck me around that was the kind of the way that you're using data to not only be targeted, but it was something you talked about before, about the idea that people don't do this enough and for long enough. But one of the other things you kind of got to in there was that people can't react quickly enough to opportunity as well. And and, and that that's what kind of struck me about what, what your platform does. So, you know, so for those who are listening who, you know, we've talked about Targetable, we've mentioned name a couple of times. So so what are you guys doing in terms of as a platform and, and how are you utilizing data and technology to try and fix some of the problems that you, you see day to day? So I appreciate this uh, this wonderful opportunity to market myself um, and my <laughs> my company, but uh, I, I'll try to make it um, useful at least. So um, you know, so so our idea was very simple, which is um, you know there was a this first wave of virtualization that happened, and all of us use it pretty much, especially if you're listening to a podcast like this, you've you've used it or you're using it, which is things like Uber, things like Shopify, things like Airbnb. Those are those are businesses that have um, essentially virtualized um, a, a service or a process that used to exist purely in the physical world before that, right? That was called taxi dispatch, which was what Uber is, um, and real estate rentals and, and, uh, and uh, you know, holiday rentals, you know, which is Airbnb, et cetera, right? And so um, what we realized is as we were moving more and more into this world of data and as the 
as the an analysis of this data became more and more um, critical to the success of advertising, um, you know, especially in retail, um, you know, human beings were becoming less and less the right answer, right? Media companies, um, agencies, uh, ad agencies that specialize in media buying and planning. The problem with with them is that the minimum uh, cost to doing uh, really, you know, let's just say even at least mediocre uh, media buying and planning on a on a monthly basis is between two and five thousand dollars a month, and even that, if you think about what does that actually deliver to the ad agencies, that's maybe fifty five, sixty, seventy five thousand dollars a year. That doesn't get you even a junior media planner full time. But to a retail business that functions on margins that are profoundly different from from digital businesses, and for businesses that have 10 locations, 25 locations, hundreds of locations, thousands of locations, they would need to spend that equivalent on an agency for each retail location because they're located in a different physical place. And so that means different audience, different consumer, different priorities, different times, and and so on and so forth. And so basic, the classic model of advertising simply doesn't, doesn't pencil out. And so what we decided to do is just build a virtual ad agency that didn't have humans and instead of humans was using computers and uh, analytics to take in data and to analyze what should be advertised when, how, and to whom. And so what Targetable does is by using essentially the universal standard now of logging on through Facebook or Google, um, you know, you give us permission to go out and assemble what we call a rich data profile. Um, within the first few minutes of meeting you. And so as soon as you log in with Facebook, we go out and the system, and this is actually quite novel because the speed with which we do this is only thanks to Amazon and a couple of services that they provide us. But we assemble every um, uh, like and comment and mention and review and anything that's been ever said about you on the internet within minutes of meeting you. That means Facebook, that means Google My Business, that means Yelp, that means uh, TripAdvisor, that means everything. And then the system goes out and says, okay, what is the physical address of this business that's signing up for Targetable? Oh, it's the corner of Main Street and Highland. Perfect. What do I need to know about that location to make that advertising more relevant? It goes out and and sucks in average weather, traffic, demographics, um, geographic location, things like military bases, churches, and and schools to see um, what's relevant. And then finally, and this part of it is getting stronger and more and more powerful because we're almost at 300 customers now, it goes out inside of itself and sees, okay, what other businesses that look kind of like this business are out there and what has worked for them? And so long story short, within um, minutes, but no more than hours of, of engaging with a business, we've built out a data profile that is deeper, that is more relevant and more useful to building highly, you know, contextually aware advertising than that business has ever had. I can almost guarantee it. And then all the system is very, very lean back for the customer. The system then starts generating ads. They're pre-formatted for Facebook, for Instagram, soon for Google. And it just pitches you like an agency. It gives it pitches you multiple campaigns every week and says, have you thought about, there's a lot of chatter about your fried chicken. It's, it sounds like it's really popular. Would you like to build a campaign around that? Um, you know, you're right around the corner from a school. Should we do, should we do an after school um, ad to attract attention and do a 10% discount? Your competitors are doing 20% discounts in this zip code. Would you like to do something similar and so on and so forth? After a while, the system, you know, on the, on the first set of ads that the system builds for you, 
um, it our goal is to create a, an ad that is as good as an agency can within 90 days. But by the end of it, or by steady state with a customer, the system is building ads that are so far beyond what an ad agency can do and with such frequency, because the system also runs them and manages them for you. And so when you like an ad, you click publish and we take care of the rest. It publishes to Facebook. The system monitors performance, analyzes it, sends you reports, and essentially does all the job of an agency. But it does it for $149 a month instead of 7000 yeah, I mean, it's that, you know, and one of the reasons I, w- I was kind of keen to have this chat with you because I, I think it's a great example of how we can use new and emerging technology. You know, we all talk about data as this kind of, you know, that you know, data is a new oil, all those kind of things. And uh, and one thing you'd said to me earlier on was this idea that you know it's that difference between having lots of data that might be interesting versus data that is useful. Exactly. And I think this is where, you know, we can start to use technology around us, machine learning algorithms. You know, we, we can look at a wider data set than any human could ever look at more That's quickly exactly than right. they could look at, you know, yeah, and, and start to deliver real value real quickly. So, so Vlad, I, I, you know, I think it's been a fascinating insight into, you know, not, not only the challenges that people see around kind of marketing and target marketing and targeting their, their advertising and targeting their business generation, uh, you know, business generation workshops and, and routines, uh, in the modern world, but I think it's a great example of how utilizing data and technology can can help us to do that better. So, so if people have been equally fascinated as I have by this, you know, what, what's a good way they can find out more about what you guys do over at Targetable? You know, is a is a ways, for example, they can you know kind of get a demo or, or try some of this stuff out for for free or you know over a, a kind of a proof of concept idea. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we are in the final couple of weeks of a huge promotion we ran for uh, to help out, um, customers during the pandemic. So, you know, um, I believe, and I gotta, I'm going to really be hated by my head of marketing right now, but I believe that it's running through the end of June. Um, but it was a two months free, um, absolutely free, no strings attached. We're by the way, also a month to month service, which very few SaaS businesses will, will do because, um, you know, our, our concept is very simple, which is if you, if, if it's not working for you, we don't want you to pay us. So, um, but in this case, we're also giving away two months free. So you, if you sign up, you sign up exactly as a paying customer, you do have to spend money, obviously buying media, which, you know, is not ours and we don't take any, um, piece of, and we don't make any money off of that at all. Um, you know, in terms of buying the ads on Facebook or buying them on Instagram. Um, but you get us for, for two months and, um, at full service and targetable.com is where you can see all of the latest promotions and kind of contact us where we're a demo, we're a demo heavy company. Once you see the product in action, um, and once you see it working, um, you know, the stats, we close a lot of customers when they see us because it's extraordinarily compelling. And I think that, um, it's the future of how a lot of these kinds of services are going to work. Well, Vlad, I shall uh, make sure that a link goes into the show notes. So, so people know where to find you. Um, but for now, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show and, uh, hopefully everyone again sometime in the future and, and speak to you soon. Thanks, Vlad. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope everybody stays safe and, and healthy. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Infuse episodes. And if you'd like to appear on the show or have got an idea for a show, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. And if you want to make sure you catch the next episode of Tech Infuse, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, and of course you can subscribe on the new Tech Stringy TV YouTube channel. So, until next time, thanks for listening.